Right, welcome back to High Hope Sportscast. Uh, how you doing, JJ? Uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Yeah. Hey, DJ. Uh, looks like we we're in in store for a little bit of a storm tonight and tomorrow. Good time to for listeners to go ahead and t- listen to our new cast. We have a lot of information, so let's get digging in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, there, there's been a lot of uh, news about uh, people passing lately uh, from Steelers punter Presley Harvin's father, uh, the legend John Madden, and even Betty White. Well, the football world lost another guy in the, this past week. Uh, former NFL player and coach Dan Reeves passed away at age 77. Uh, when, when I was in high school, uh, my favorite team was actually the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, back when they had Michael Vick, and they were also known as the Dirty Birds. <laughs> uh, and Dan Reeves was the coach of the Felton's at that time, so um, I, I I liked him as a coach a lot uh, since he that was that was my team back then. Uh, he he's such a great guy and uh, awesome coach. So uh, prayers to the Reeves family uh, for their loss. And I think JJ, you got some uh, in, more info on Reeves there. Yeah, DJ, I also want to extend my well wishes to the Reeves family. Um, I guess when I think of Dan Reeves, I first think of uh, how he grew, grew and and uh, matured John Elway with the Denver Broncos. And then, of course, the 98 season when Dan Reeves, as the coach of the Atlanta Falcons, beat our Minnesota Vikings in overtime to go to the Super Bowl and face off against his old team, the Denver Broncos and John Elway. So I thought that was kind of cool. He first started out at college. He went to South Carolina and he was running back. He was 6'1", 200 in his position. And he got into coaching around age 37 with – head coach with Denver for 12 seasons and Atlanta for seven seasons. And I believe that was in the New York giants for four years, but he was the offensive coordinator for Dallas for four years between Atlanta and the giants. So he had 27 years head coach or offensive coordinator. And he had 190 wins in his 23-year coaching career, which is, I believe it was the top 10. So he did have uh, one, three AFC championships, and in 1998 he was the NFC champion. So he made it to the Super Bowl as a coach four different times, which is really amazing. Um. And he was the 1993 AP Coach of the Year and, of course, with the Falcons' 1998 AP Coach of the Year. He was born, he was a New Year's Day, or he died on New Year's Day, January 1st, 2022, and he was born in Rome, Georgia, January 19th in 1944. And I was just going to quickly pull up uh, his player stats. So he had 100 games in his career. He rushed for 535 rushes with 1,990 yards rushing. He had 25 touchdowns. 
So, decent career. He was a Super Bowl champion with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to head it, send it back to DJ on Dan Reeves. All right. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that, that's all I, I have uh, for the Dan Reeves. So, uh, uh, once again, I just want to uh, send my prayers and uh, thoughts to the Reeves family and his friends and uh, the whole football world also. Uh, so, yeah, rest easy, Dan. So uh, this next thing, uh, let's address another crazy Antonio Brown situation. Uh, the Buccaneers were playing against the Jets in New York, and we're down in the third quarter uh, when Antonio Brown was seen taking off his shoulder pads, throwing them into the bench, then took his undershirt off and gloves off and threw them into the stands. Uh, apparently, head coach Bruce Arians, uh, he had benched him, uh, and then later on told Brown to go back into the game, but uh, Brown refused to go back in twice, so Arians told him to leave. Uh, so that's when Brown uh, did, did this, uh, took his pads off and uh, left the field, thrown up the peace sign to the fans and ran off into the tunnel and left the stadium. Um, and then after the game, uh, when the reporters asked Arians, um, and the Buccaneers came back to win that game, by the way, um, when the reporters asked Arians about Antonio Brown after the game, he said, I'm not talking about him. He's no longer a buck. Uh, man, when, when this was a fresh story, I was like, uh, this freaking guy won't learn. Uh, he's pulling another crybaby moment. But later on, I did find out an interesting and completely understandable angle to this story. Um, I have only seen this in one spot, so I don't know if a lot of people know this angle. Um, if, if you do, then I don't know. Maybe I'm completely oblivious. I don't know. But uh, I have a post from someone, I don't know who it is, um, from Instagram that I'll read. And uh, it says, they're making it seem like he quit in the middle of the game because he's crazy. What they're not going to tell you is that he was eight catches away from a $300,000 plus salary incentive and they were freezing him out on purpose to avoid paying him. They did the same thing to Victor Cruz and countless other players who were close to salary bumps. Um, I, man, I I don't get it. Uh, is is this what the NFL is becoming? My God, I I think it's time to get rid of these incentives because that's complete bullshit. If you ask me, uh, if the, the if the teams are actually doing that, it's when I saw that, I'm like, I completely think differently about this whole story because, I mean, it, I can see this being true uh, just because of what kind of world this world is becoming lately. And uh, it, it's just sad that the NFL has to be like this. And, you know, just, just go play football. Who, I mean, 
why do you need incentives like that? It's I don't know. It like I said, it, I I completely think of this whole story completely different now. I, at first, I was like, Antonio is just a crybaby because he got benched and this and that. But this this is a whole different ball game here. Do you have anything to add on that, JJ? Uh, yeah, DJ, I just, um, I had at least five or six different people reach out to me by text message or phone call and say, did you see what Antonio Brown did? Did you see what Antonio Brown did? And, of course, I didn't see it live or anything because I was watching the Chiefs game, so... And I went to the first thing I go to is the Twitter, and we have that High Hope Sportscast Twitter account if you guys want to check that out. But uh, yeah, my brother had given me a call later in the evening telling me the same thing you just explained about the incentive bit. And like you say, the way the world is, the way the businesses are working, uh, they're not making enough money. And now they're going to start doing this to prevent incentive-based pay to come to fruition. I think that's got to be one of the lowest things a franchise could do. And if, if that starts happening, I see a lot of professionals pulling out or getting contract renegotiations or just I, I hope for one we find out the truth because the truth will set it free and Arians was really quick to not want to talk about it which raises a lot of question marks I mean I can see him being upset that Antonio did that but it also after knowing this incentive part of it it also kind of throws up a red flag to me uh okay he just stopped it there until you know maybe one of those reporters would have brought that up with the incentives and he just stopped it there from preventing that getting brought up in that press conference so i i don't know yeah they would call that like a preventative maintenance step by arians to try and cut off any speech on anything that they could have, you know, that maybe he said out as he was walking out the field or. Cause I know it, when it, when he went into the tunnel, it looked like there was security guards and bucks uh, administration people trying to stop him. But yeah, they, they thought he was a fan. Oh, really? Well, yeah, he didn't have a, he didn't have a, a, a Jersey or pads on or helmet or anything. I mean, he had his football pants and cleats on, but I heard that, yeah, the security guards, they thought he was a fan that hopped the fence or something. And then I heard that uh, Antonio Brown had asked, uh, I don't know, I believe a state trooper or something uh, of law enforcement for a ride to the airport, and they turned him down. I think he actually ended up getting an Uber, I believe. But, yeah, that's... Yeah, that was just one highlight I saw was him heading into the tunnel and there was guys trying to stop him. So I was like, I don't know what he was saying, but I suppose, you know, during a game, not many football players come up shirtless. 
right. know, not very, I don't, can you think of any other situation or scenario like this where somebody's walked off? I thought there was one other, but I can't put my finger on it. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking of one too, but I don't remember who it was. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it was in the last like five years, but. It's just an odd scenario where a football player would do something like that. Uh, that just makes me on a conspiracy note kind of think, you know, this guy won't, unless it's going to validate him as being somewhat off the wall and does crazy stuff. But I don't, when you're dealing with a, a professional sports athlete's bank account, maybe he's really trying to push the story here and, and there's more to it. Like you say. And I mean, I think it's, I don't know, but I mean, I don't know how Antonio Brown thinks. Uh, I don't know anyone that would honestly, but don't you think that he would have came out and kind of posted on social media and kind of, I don't know how to say it, but kind of put the bucks on blast and tell, you know, everyone on social media that the, they froze him out of these incentives. That's why they benched him, and that's why he ultimately left. Don't you think? I don't know. Don't you think? Put them on blast on social media. I don't know. He's probably holding the Buccaneers ownership for a ransom. Maybe they're they're not releasing him, and they're not. Nothing's coming out from Antonio Brown's crowd. There's no news. He ain't talking to the media. Don't you think putting two together? two and two together and letting it roll downhill that he's getting paid to be quiet. Maybe. I don't know. You don't know what's going on behind, you know, behind the cameras and, you know, I don't know. It just sounds like a, a, a situation for a fixer to come in and, and do things behind the scenes that we're not going to hear about like a Jay Glazer or, you know, some media mogul that's going to stick his neck out and there's going to be a big ordeal about this one way or the other. Yeah, I guess we'll, it'll definitely be interesting to uh, keep tabs on that story and see how it, it plays out. Uh, and I mean, eventually the truth will have to come out eventually. So stay tuned. Yep. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The next thing, uh, JJ, the the Washington football team will finally have a, a name again after about a year and a half. Uh, looks like they will announce the new name and logo on February second. Uh, I'm very interested in what they chose and see how they did on this. Um, there was a, a few names that they ha- already had ruled out. Um, I'm trying to think of what they were. I don't remember off the top of my I head. I thought one of them was generals. Okay. Yeah, it might have been that one. I just saw it too a couple couple hours ago. I but I can't remember the two that they said that they had ruled out. Um, oh, the wolves and the red wolves. That those are the two that they said that they ruled out already because they're already affiliated with some other team or something. I don't know, but yeah, I, I don't know. I I'm kind of excited to see this. But I'm on the other hand, I'm also kind of nervous because I kind of feel like they might have chose something 
dumb and the load was gonna look just completely stupid. But yeah, I guess we'll have, we'll have to wait to, and see until February second. Uh, I just I'm not I'm interested too. To, I always like seeing new merch, and I just uh, I'm happy that they succumbed to the changes that had to be made because of the derogatory meeting it had on uh, on the team. But I just think that. We'll see what happens, DJ. Like said, my, my daughter came in here. Oh, geez. What's up? She wants to make a special guest. Oh, appearance. Make a special guest. <laughs> what are you doing, Bristol? Can you say hi to JJ? Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't hear him because he's on my headphones. Yeah. Yeah. Hi JJ. Hi. <laughs> he said hi. Hi. I was just gonna mention though that the Washington coach Ron Rivera said he wanted to include the military in the new name, so I think that would be kind of cool. But it's been de- determined by the media it's very uncertain whether that's still the desire of the team if i had to put a uh a gut feeling on this um i would think that they'd go with the red tails Ooh. and then i i, I don't know that would be military put, yeah they so they might put uh some kind of plane on the helmets or something like that so um, that that's kind of in the back of my head. That's what I think that they're gonna do, but they said, "Well, I guess we'll see." Uh, they also said that they were very excited about their selection and it aligned with their values. Carries forth the rich history, represents the region, and most importantly, is inspired and informed by UR fans. And uh, there was. This is the fourth major North American sp- professional sports league to drop any Native American imagery after national discussions about race. So the Cleveland Indians for MLB, Major League Baseball franchise, followed suit, and their new nickname this year will be the Guardians. Oh, really? Yeah, so it'll be a Cleveland Guardians instead of the, the name was the Cleveland Indians. I'm surprised that they haven't uh, wanted to change the Kansas City Chiefs name yet. Uh, I thought you know, I thought there was talk about it, but nothing ever got really done about it. I don't know. Well, I think they—I don't think they consider Chief or Brave as a derogatory Native American term, but I more suppose. of like the Redskin and then Indian instead of Native American are more derogatory. Right, but we'll probably see in change suit as well. But I, I, I kind of hope they don't. To be honest, I like the name Atlanta Braves, and I really like Kansas City Chiefs. All right, so uh, now we'll just get into our uh, recap of Week Seventeen. Um, th- usually, this would be our last uh, week of regular season, but uh, Roger Goodell has given us an extra week of football. So we will have one more week. Um, so um, 
this the first game that was on. Uh, let me. Eagles at the Washington football team. Yes, there we go. Uh, the Eagles uh, beating them, the football team, twenty to sixteen. Uh, I believe that the the football team was actually winning this game most of the most of the game, and then the Eagles came back at the end. Wasn't it with this win that they they clinched their uh, playoff spot? Yeah, with the nine and seven record, even if they lose against the Cowboys, which is on Saturday night, by the way, they still have a spot in the playoffs. Yep. I thought it was a boring game, <laughs> to be honest. I, I I watched a lot of red zone besides the Chiefs and uh, um, the Chiefs and the um, Bengals. So I got to see a lot of scoring, and it just I don't. Do you what do you think of Jalen Hurts, DJ? Um, I honestly I haven't um really watched him that much in many games, but um I mean this is his first year as a starter, full time starter, and he's got him in a playoff spot, so he can't be too horrible. Yeah, agreed. I think he's got a high ceiling. Uh. He needs to decide if he's going to be a dual-threat quarterback or a pocket passer, though, because the dual-threat running stuff is affecting his passing stats. It's kind of the same on the other side of the ball, Taylor Heineke. Uh, It looks to me like he's just a little short on the uh, talent level, and it doesn't help when your top two running backs are out and you're missing your second and third receiver and their tight end was out for the year, so... I'd like to see Taylor with one with another team, maybe, or another shot with Washington next year. But I would definitely keep a short leash on that guy. Yeah, and an interesting thing that happened after the game. Uh, after the game, as Jalen Hurts was uh, wow. walking walking towards the tunnel, uh, the the fans were leaning on the railing, as all fans do. Uh, well, the railing gave out. And a group of fans took a wild ride down to the ground, and Jalen helped a few of them up, and some of them even got to take a picture with him. Um, another thing about this, uh, I actually found about an hour before we sat down and recorded, um, Jalen Hurts actually wrote or a letter to the Washington football team about this incident, uh, and I'll read it here. Uh, it says, "To whom it may concern." I'm writing to inquire about the, uh, what follow-up action is being considered in response to the near-tragic incident that took place at FedEx Field on January 2nd. As you are aware, many individuals, including fans, media personnel, and myself, were placed in a dangerous situation when portions of the FedEx Field tunnel collapsed. Although I was able to prevent the barrier from crashing onto me, that was not the same for others who could be suffering from lingering injuries. Through the initial shock, my first reaction was to assist those involved. However, while I displayed a calm composure, I understand the severity of what happened and am extremely concerned for the well-being of the fans and media. As a result, I would like to know what safe grounds the NFL and the Washington football team are implementing to prevent this from ever occurring in the future. The resources of the NFL and team organizations ensure 
our safety through playing this physical sport. But what happened on Sunday put both fans and players unnecessarily at risk long after the final whistle. I look forward to hearing from you on this matter. Sincerely, sincerely, Jalen Hurts. I mean, it. I just give a shout out to Jalen Hurts for doing that. Um, I don't know if there was a faulty railing or what 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 the deal is, but um, that that just kind of shows uh, the fans that you know that that player cares about the fans, and you know. Uh, he could have just said, "Oh, I was in a dangerous situation," but he added the fans in there, and uh, yeah, it it just goes to show you that he cares about not only himself but the fans there as well. So, uh, there was rumor on ESPN.com and under NFL that they were being offered medical attention, and the fans deviantly denied that accusation that. There was no medical uh, treatment offered to any of the. Well, what is? I didn't see the specific. I seen glimpses of what happened, but were they Eagles fans or were they Redskins or Washington Football Team fans? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, probably a mixture of both. I mean, it, yeah, I'm sure there's there's Washington Football Team fans over there too. You know, it's an NFL player, not. Not, you know, even though it's not from your team, they probably wanted to, you know, get close to an NFL player. So I'm sure it was mixed. But they were, fans denied being offered on-site medical evaluation by the Washington football team. And it was a number, it was four people who fell as a result of the railing collapse. And they all said they suffered injuries. So we got to keep a Keep an eye on this story, DJ, because there'd be more to be coming out here in the, in the near future, I'm sure. Right. All right, then the next game uh, was the Rams and the Ravens. Uh, the Rams come and win this by one point, 20 to 19. Uh, man, the Ravens just, they can't get those one-point losses out. <laughs> Out of their way, um, kind of. It's kind of like the Vikings in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, losing close games all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. Cup, uh, he sur- surpassed uh, Bruce for the most receiving yards in a season in uh, Ram history. Um, I believe he needs 135, uh, 136 yards to beat Calvin Johnson's record in this last week. And I have heard that uh, it, maybe it, it, it's not fair if he breaks the record in this Week 18 game because this is the first year that there's been an extra game. So I don't really know how to feel about that um, if he breaks the record um, with an extra week. I mean, if Megatron had an extra week, his hunting numbers would be higher. So. Uh, I guess in a way, if you if you want to think of it that way, it might you know won't be fair. But if he would have done it, if he would have broke the record this week, then it would have been completely fair. But even if he does do it in the, this coming week, it, it's still one hell of a season. 
Say, DJ, number one, I have a question for you. What is Calvin Johnson's receiving yards record with the Detroit Lions? The 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 record to break? Yeah. 1964. So he needs 171 yards to surpass 2,000. But I, uh, if you didn't hear, Cup came out today and said I had an article that he stated you have to separate records in a 17-game era. So he's already acknowledging if he beats Calvin's record that it won't be quote-unquote fair to say he broke the record. So he's saying in, in preemptively in advance of the game this weekend that he's probably going to break the record for one. And for two, when it happens, he's going to want it defined or classified under a 17-game era. Yeah, and speaking of Cooper Cup, uh, he's my one of my fantasy receivers, and uh, my fantasy Super Bowl was this last week, and I won. I'm the champ. Woohoo! <laughs> Fourteen and one, almost undefeated. He brought home the trophy. Yeah, I only had one loss the whole year. <laughs> Gee, what well, congratulations, DJ! Way to come through in the clutch. Uh, it's always tough when you gotta play late season fantasy championships. Yeah. I mean, too bad. It's not, it wasn't for money. It's just for fun. So, uh, ne- next year I'm going to be looking at, uh, putting some money on, uh, some type of fantasy fantasy league. So we'll get your money deals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the next game, uh, we kind of touched on this one a little bit, uh, the Buccaneers and the jets, uh, this was, uh, see, this was my lock and your, uh, regular pitch, man. I thought we were going to lose this game. I was scared. The jets were winning this game, uh, until I don't, I don't know. Was, was it late in the fourth quarter when they, when the bucks finally took the lead? It was the fourth quarter. You're correct. Yeah, I was like, oh, my God, here we go again. We we took this easy pitch, and <laughs> this this bad team is going to beat this top five team in the lead again. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. But don't ever count Tom Brady out. Uh, the Buccaneers came back and win it, won it without Antonio Brown, 28-24. Yeah, I mean, it, all signs in Tampa Bay are, are pointing to a, a matchup at Lambeau. Don't want you say? Possibly. I mean, I don't. I don't want to see either of those teams in the championship round, but uh, it, it definitely possibly should be Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I guess I I, I like Tampa Bay the team, but I don't care for Tom Brady. I'm sick of Tom Brady. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, I know he's <laughs> once in a lifetime talent, but how many rings does a guy need and how much money can a guy make? Right. And I just, the situation he fell into and, and they brought in every good veteran they could to surround him and even talking Gronk to come back from retirement. It just reminds me a little bit of LeBron James. We were talking about this earlier, how he's got all the, this talent around him. What I mean, 
Tom Brady did it in New England without all the talent. Now it's different so- story, so it's going to make his career longevity even go further. So well, I guess we'll have to get used to number 12. <laughs> well, he's been up in their age, so hopefully he'll retire in the next few years at least. He wants <laughs> to play till he's 50 is what's been said. Yeah, that's absolutely crazy. That's five <laughs> more years. Jesus. And if he averages 30 touchdowns a year, he'll have almost 850 touchdown passes in the league. But I do have to give him props on something here. Okay. Um, after, after the game, well, I take that back. During the game, uh, Jets rookie cor- uh, cornerback Brandon Eccles, he picked Tom Brady off in this game. Uh, and after the game, I mean, he obviously got to keep that ball. His first, I, I, I don't know if it was his first interception or not, but uh, he does keep the ball, and then he also had Tom Brady sign it. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. So I had to give Brady props for that, for actually doing that. Uh, he could have just said screw off and walked away, but uh, it's kind of cool that, it, especially if that was that rookie's first interception for it to be on Tom Brady. Yeah. And then you, then you keep the ball and then you have Tom yeah. Brady sign it. Whew. Wow. What that's a keepsake sports, that is. Yeah. That's sportsmanship on Brady's behalf though. And that takes courage for the DB corner to come up and talk to the, the King of quarterbacks and ask him if he would uh, politely sign it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, it's just this day and age where they're trading jerseys every game. I guarantee you, DJ, 30 years ago, this would never, ever even be mentioned. No, they'd probably be throwing punches. Yeah, it'd be a <laughs> slight. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the next game is the, the Titans and the Dolphins. Uh, that I don't know, the, the Dolphins just didn't uh, didn't show up to play to this game, I don't think. Uh, the Titans winning 34 to three. Um, the Titans clinched the AFC South for the second straight season, and they got bumped up to the number one seed this week after their win. And then uh, the Chiefs unfortunately lost this week. So, um, yeah, I don't really have much on on this game. It just looks like it was all Titans the whole entire game. I just wanted to mention one thing is uh, the number one seed in the AFC is not secure. So uh, we got KC playing Denver on Saturday at 3.30. And we have the Titans are going to be playing at Houston at noon on Sunday. So they'll be scoreboard watching both Saturday and Sunday for each franchise. I know who you're number one seed you want to see but boy if tennessee accomplishes this feat which i i don't know houston's playing some really good ball right now it would be quite the accomplishment for coach vrabel and and the team losing their star running back and still making it as the number one seed what do you think yeah i don't i i i think that tennessee will will win that game i don't think they'll They'll rest any of their players because the number one seed is still up for grabs. So 
Wow, geez, you know, I wouldn't, even if I was the Chiefs or the Titans, I'd be, I wouldn't want to, it's, it's all about getting that bye week, isn't it? And yeah, having that I'm, home field advantage? Yeah, I have heard, though, in the past that having that extra week off can hurt you. Yeah. But you still want home field advantage, so. I guess that memory quicks, that flashes when you say that is the, the New York Giants, Eli Manning, and Strahan-led team that upset the undefeated Patriots with Randy Moss and TB12. <laughs> Do you remember that Super Bowl? Yeah. <laughs> so they didn't get the the week off, and they ran the table, and the Patriots had the bye week, 16-0, and they got beat in the Super Bowl. All right, and then we got the Jaguars and the Patriots. Uh, one of two 50-burgers put up this week uh the patriots beating the jaguars 50 to 10 hey, that's uh, my lock of the week and didn't you pick that too as your regular pick yeah it was your lock and my regular pick yep sweet holy moly 50 to 10 two rookie quarterbacks uh and the the patriots clinched the play a playoff berth um yeah like you like you've said before it the Jaguars just don't have enough talent to help Trevor Lawrence out on that team. Um, and then you go up against Bill Belichick. Yeah, I'm not. Su- I mean, I was surprised that they put up 50 points, but then again, you can't be surprised against the Jaguars and their head coach getting fired, and they're just they're just a mess. So they're probably playing for the draft pick, but DJ. How sad do you feel if you do feel sad at all for Trevor Lawrence? Do you were you hoping big things out of him? I mean, I, my expectations being number one overall are always pretty high, but I didn't see it be this bad. He has 17 interceptions this year. Yeah, I definitely didn't see it being this bad. I I definitely was hoping that he was going to come into the lead and be good, but I also had a a feeling that, you know, a lot of times when rookies get drafted and then they start right away, it doesn't turn out very good for them. Um, I don't necessarily uh, see that being the reason why Trevor Lawrence did so bad this year. I just think it's the situation um, with Urban Meyer and how he handled everything and um, they they didn't really have much for depth on that team, so I guess we'll see uh, who who gets the head coach job in Jacksonville and how they um, put together a different team. Uh, so I'm hoping Trevor Lawrence can uh, get some weapons and some depth and protection and uh, be a. a Good to be like I thought he was going to be Ed, coming out of Clemson. I really don't know where you start there um, in Jacksonville with the Jaguars. Obviously, you're going to want to put a GM and coach in, in place that's going to look for long-term success because I don't think you can just flip it over one season unless they really hit. Right. I mean, you can, you can improve from what they did this year, but 
they're not going to win the Super Bowl next year. I, I'm not saying that, but or even make the playoffs. But they didn't surely do better than a two or three win season. Yeah, well, that's without a doubt. But I mean, as of right now, there's probably two openings that are right now for sure, and that's the Jacksonville Jaguars have an open spot, and the LV Las Vegas Raiders have an open spot. They have an interim coach, Rick Bassesia, but um, some guys on the hot seat include the Vikings with Mike Zimmer, Matt Nagy with the Chicago Bears, Vic Fangio with Denver Broncos were the other three names mentioned thus far. Out of those three, DJ, uh, who would you say is on the hottest seat? Um, it was Denver, Chicago, and Minnesota. I, well, hmm. I, I would have to say Nagy just because uh, the f- fan base has basically been a- after his head uh, since, I mean, I don't know, after the third, the first third of the season, I don't know. Um, it's a toss up between Nagy and Zimmer, but ultimately I'd have to say Nagy's, pro- Nagy's seat is probably the hottest. Yeah, I'd have to agree that out of the, the them three, I would have thought Nagy would have been fired by now, but me too. For some reason, these NFC North teams do not want to get rid of their coaches in season, which I don't blame them. Wins are wins, and I think they want to give both coaches to get more wins. But I would have fired Zimmer the day after Detroit. Sorry, you're in a playoff race. That You know how big that win would have been? I mean, the Yo, Bears, we, their, their we, season was, was kind of done after the thir- first third. We were just getting started. Right. I mean, we we if we would have beat the uh, Lions, we could possibly be in a playoff spot or still in the hunt. It would have came down to the last game of the year against the Bears with some help, but we still would have been in the hunt. Yep. We'd be eight and eight right now, but it's see the word that we got to use is the Vikings are eliminated. Yep, it's over. Yep. Uh, so uh, moving on to the next game, the the Raiders beating the Colts twenty three to twenty. I definitely thought the Colts would win this one, but. Uh, the Raiders pulled it off. I believe it was uh, a last-minute field goal by who only uh, Daniel Carlson <laughs> once again. I looked up his stats with my brother two nights ago, and he is the top three kicker in the league right now behind Tucker. And I, I want to say Folk out of uh, New England. Yeah, it- they they got a they got a good kicker there, and unfortunately the Vikings lost them. Like we've said numerous times, probably didn't people probably didn't sit of us saying that, but <laughs> yeah. By the way, DJ, this was the only pick we got wrong besides the Chiefs in the early games. 
Yeah, for our regular picks, not our three. Yeah, yeah yep. our regular picks. I thought the Colts could beat the Raiders at home, but I don't know. These Raiders are just, they're playing. Yeah, they, they won't go away. No. No. Yeah. And you, I, I have to bring up Paul Allen again, uh, the okay. voice of the Vikings. He he said um, right after John Gruden got fired or quit, he said that the Raiders weren't going to win a a single game the rest of the year. And the other day he had mentioned that he said that, and he's like, man, was I wrong? The Raiders are still in the hunt. <laughs> <laughs> he had to redact what he said pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> At least he's uh, man enough to do that. A lot of media guys won't come back and, and change around or give props to teams when they think they're already sold out or or they're done for the year. I mean, props to – I like Paul Allen. I don't know. Some people don't like him. I think he's a really intelligent guy. He does a, he does a lot for the team and for the Vikings, I should say. And he also does a lot of stuff at Canterbury Downs, if you're familiar with that, DJ. Yep, he, uh, he talks about that a lot. He, he announces there. Yep. Yep. But uh, uh, we're going to move on uh, to the Chiefs game. Uh, this was a crazy game. Uh, the yeah. Bengals, Bengals beat the Chiefs 34-31. to 31. Um, All I got to say is, oh, my God, Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase. Holy crap. Um. The, the Bengals clinched the AFC North for the first time since 2015, and Jamar Chase and Joey Burrow just had a heyday. Um, I believe Jamar Chase broke some kind of record. I don't even remember what the record was. It was the um, rookie receiving yards record. And uh, he had in a, in a game. Yeah, he had 200. And, uh, 260 some yards, I believe. 11 catches, 266, and three touchdowns. He caught 11 yeah. balls out of 12 targets. You know, that's scary. Jeez. <laughs> Do you know whose record he broke, DJ? No. Randy Moss. <laughs> oh. Did you know that, uh, did you know or notice how fast Jamar Chase looks on the field? Yeah, there was a. I think it was his first touchdown. He caught yeah. it. I believe uh, left hash mark, and he just kind of weaved through the players, and he was gone. I'm like, holy crap! I thought he was going to get tackled, but he just, whoom! Yeah, he caught one block underneath, and he was gone. And his speed there was. I'd like to see him and Justin Jefferson race. Or him you know, and Tyreek Hill. Uh, uh, even the cheetah, Tyreek. Yeah, those guys are... I don't know. I think Jet would probably be the slowest out of the three. Maybe. I don't know. Probably. But I still would like to see him race. But did you see Joey Burrow is 30 for 39? 446 yards. Four touchdowns and no picks. And he got banged up on the last play of the game. Yeah. 
He actually has a questionable take for next week. Ooh. But I don't think I don't I don't I think he'll play. He he said after the game that he he's fine. He's not worried about it. Um, but I, an interesting thing that I did I didn't see it happen. Uh, but somehow Joe Burrow's nameplate on the back of his jersey came off. So huh. his last name wasn't on on there the last part of the game. I I don't know. I must have looked away for a few plays or something. And the next thing I knew, I I looked up at the at the game and I saw an orange number nine, but Burrow was gone. And I was like, "What the hell happened there?" <laughs> yeah, I noticed it, DJ. I just didn't see it come off, or I thought maybe he he put a new jersey on at halftime or something. But you're right; the nameplate came off during the game. Yeah, I don't. I, I haven't heard anything about it either, so I don't. I don't even know what happened. That's something we should look into. There's just something interesting that I, I don't know. I, I just looked up and I'm like, "What? Is this is a high school game. There's no name <laughs> on this jersey." <laughs> Quarterback number nine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then the Giants and the Bears. Uh, looks like the Giants didn't really uh, show up either. Uh, the Bears went in twenty-nine to three, uh, and Robert Quinn. Uh, he passed uh, a dent for most sacks among Chicago players in a season since 1982 uh, with, I believe, 18 sacks. Yeah, DJ, do you know Richard Dent had 17 and a half? In the, so he legitly passed his record, but he's going to set a 17-game sack record. And 1982 is when the Bears won the, the World Super Bowl. You were going to say World Series. Yeah, World Super <laughs> Series Bowl. Actually, the Bears was 85, wasn't it? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, against the Patriots. But yeah, I don't have much to say about this game. It's, I'm happy that, uh, you know, it looks like David Montgomery, Mooney, and Justin Fields is kind of settling into a, being a decent quarterback. Look out for him next season. Yeah, he's... I think he's doing pretty good for the situation he's in, too. So, uh, And then the Felton's and the Bills. Uh, unfortunately, the Bills won 29-15. Uh, to 15. Buffalo, three straight 10-plus win seasons for the first time since 1990 to 1993. Um, Sean McDermott has just kind of turned this franchise around. I remember before they hired him, he this team was kind of in the Jets and Browns uh, category. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the Bills. I don't know. They they they're in the playoffs. So um, and I we all know that I don't really care for them, but. Um, they have been one hell of a team for the last few years. So, I would and, like I would like to see that their Vikings go after their GM if we get rid of Spielman. You got to look what he's compiled on that defense, the quarterback, and then acquiring Stefan Diggs. I mean, wow! And they they did it three years straight now, and they've had Diggs. This is the second season of Diggs, but. 
Josh Allen's growth and mature, and I really like Debold, their offensive coordinator. I don't know, like my brother and I talked about a little bit, is what kind of quarterback would Minnesota have to get to run a Dable offense if they run with Josh Allen and the Bills? What do you think, DJ? Well, for one, you need a mobile quarterback because that's a big part of their offense with Josh Allen. I mean, he he runs all the time. Uh, RPOs or uh, quarterback draws – I mean, it's uh, a big part of their offense, and obviously we don't have that kind of offense. We ain't going to see Kirk running that many times. Oh, no, I don't want to <laughs> see Kirk run. <laughs> that could be hazardous to our health. Yeah. But I just, for all those of you who don't know what RPO is, a run-pass option where the quarterback has – the option to either hand the ball off in a run or roll around and have the option to pass. And I think, DJ, you've hit on this before. In the 2020 era of NFL, that is the new style of quarterback. Mm -hmm. And you've given examples of Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, just to name four. Even Aaron Rodgers at 38, he's still mobile. He's not going to beat anybody in a 40 race, but he's still mobile. <laughs> he's still mobile and he's still a cheesehead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, I agree with you. I think that's what we're going to have to try and find in our next quarterback search. And I hope to God that major changes are coming. I know on YouTube, there are a lot of dabblings of videos that are, are saying it but we're not seeing anything come to fruition. And I believe Black Monday, as they called in the NFL, which is next Monday, we'll have plenty to report on Tuesday. Oh, boy. Yeah. Um, the Texans and the 49ers, uh, 49ers 23-7. to 7. Uh, The I thought the Texans would have... Uh, I don't know, brought a little more fight to this game uh, compared to what they did this, the the week before. But, uh, no, the 49ers were too much for them. Uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo did not play. Uh, Trey Lance did get the start and got the win. Um, Eli, uh, Elijah Mitchell, uh, he surpassed uh, Washington for most rush yards by a rookie in San Francisco history. Yeah, I'm I'm glad to see the the Marshall Minnesota kid uh, get the start and get the win. Uh, so congrats to Trey Lance on that. <laughs> yeah, it just looks a little bit like he he's always looking to run. I think he's got to get more comfortable and read the defense. But other than that, uh, 49ers are on the inside looking in. They're currently the sixth seed, and and they got. Uh, they got to beat beat out the Saints. I don't know. Let's see who do they play this weekend. It looks like uh, the 49ers play in the afternoon, and they play the LA Rams. Oh, the, both games got flexed to the 3:25 window. So New Orleans is eight and eight, and they play at Atlanta, and San Francisco is 3:25, and they play at LA Rams. 
So they'll be scoreboard watching in that one too. Yeah, and then the the Broncos and the Chargers. Uh, the Chargers went in 34 to 13, and Herbert surpassed uh, Philip Rivers for most passing touchdowns in a season in Charger history with 35. Um, huh. I, yeah, I I definitely see Justin Herbert uh, being a Charger for a long time. He's he was a good pitch for them uh, last year, uh, and the Broncos are just uh, I don't really know what's happened to them. Uh, I believe I'm not exactly sure, but I believe this is their was their third loss in a row at least. Yeah, they were seven and seven, so uh, maybe it was two or three. Yeah, maybe it was only maybe it's only two. I don't know, um, but. Yeah, the the Chargers uh, pretty much dominated the Broncos in that game. And then uh, to the Panthers and Saints. Um, Remember Matt Rule, he uh, benched him in this game and started Sam Darnold. And the Saints won 18-10. The Saints are still in it, uh, still in the hunt. They're on the outside looking in, I believe. And uh, Carolina has lost 11 of the last 13 games. Holy. That's horrible. <laughs> well, we talked about it. The circus is in town in Carolina. And I, I they're going to they're gonna have to stay with rule for one more season the way it looks. But if they keep getting this freak injuries there with CMC and other people, it's just, I don't know. I'm not a Saints fan. I don't know how you feel about them, but ever since the Vikings played Winona, and I just can't stand two teams, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Saints. Yeah, I I can't stand them either, especially as long as Sean Payton is coaching them. No. Uh, no, I don't like him either. Hope he gets COVID a third time. <laughs> but <laughs> I've, al- I've, always, I've always had respect for Drew Brees, though. Yeah, I like Drew. He was a Big Ten quarterback out of Purdue. He said he was too short. And that was his mantra his whole life, is I was too short. And then he went to the – it was the San Diego Chargers then, and then they traded him to the Saints, and look at what he did. Yeah, <laughs> Chargers Idiots. probably kicked himself for that. Yeah. Well, they had a decision between Phil Rivers, who had a long career. Yeah. But no Super Bowls is a show for it. No, fortunately, I wish he could have got one. Yeah, me too. Him and Gates were quite the combo. Yeah. And then uh, this next game, another 50-burger. Uh, Seahawks beating the Lions 51-29. to uh, Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson tied Peyton Manning. For most quarterback wins in first ten seasons since 1950, at 112. Uh, wow, that just that, that just goes amazing. to show you that, yeah, that just goes to show you that why would Seattle get rid of this guy? Like he is the Seahawks. Just hang on to him. You know, and another thing, when you do the quick math, that's 11.2 wins a season. And they're complaining about Russell Wilson. We'll take him in Minnesota, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, th- I just think their 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 problem in Seattle is 
getting Russell the protection and the time he needs to make the plays. I got one for you, DJ. We'll take, we'll trade Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins for Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. <laughs> and a oh, first man. rounder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, could you imagine Russell Wilson with Jefferson and Thielen and Cook? And Irv Smith coming back healthy? Oh, man. Oh, he could probably have a 5,000 yard season real quick. <laughs> Uh, the, the next game here is the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Uh, I definitely, I thought the Cowboys would, would win this, but uh, the Cardinals, they had a comeback game here. Uh, they they won 25 to 22. Uh, Arizona won six of the last seven games against Dallas. Um, I definitely think that Kyler Murray looked a lot better in this game than he has um Basically, since they lost DeAndre Hopkins, so it it is it is nice seeing the Cardinals uh, get back on track here. So, um, I mean, the the Cowboys did look good, um, but the Cardinals just were a little too much, and they came out with the win. Well, I'd like to say that uh, if things ended today or the same as they are today next weekend, we'd see. Arizona going to Dallas again for the first round. I, I really want to pay more attention to that game. We, I didn't get to watch it because I fell asleep, but um, I had Dallas. You had Dallas. Everybody at picks with me had Dallas, and because of the way Arizona looked, and I think we got to pay attention to that Arizona team moving forward. Don't overlook yeah. them. They got a good no. coach and a good quarterback. Yep. All right, and then uh, the the Monday night game. We'll, we're gonna save our Vikings game for last. Um, okay. The Monday night game. Uh, it was a uh, like I said, it was gonna be an emotional game, and it was. Uh, the Steelers and the Browns. Uh, this was our ups, both of our upset, and we won that one. Uh, the Steelers went in twenty six to fourteen. Uh, Big Ben's last home game at Heinz Field. Uh, it definitely was emotional. Uh, before and after the game, you could see Big Ben um, get emotional and just some tears in his eyes. Uh, I, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I, I felt a little tears starting up in my eye, too, uh, just watching him react to um after the game and then he he spent about 10 15 minutes just walking around the perimeter of the stadium and uh you know giving high fives to the fans and everything um it, it just it's sad to see him retire even though it's not my team but uh it I mean, it, he's one of the icons we grew up with at, yeah. um, as a face of a, of a franchise. I mean, the the first person I think of when I hear the Steelers is Big Ben, uh, and that that probably will never change. Um, so it, it's sad to sad to see him retire, but um, I, I think it was time, and uh, it it's it kind of sad to see him leave. Um, under the circumstances this 
season. Uh, they, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So it would have been nice to see him leave on top, but uh, it's not the case. He he did win two Super Bowls, but uh, yeah, I, I just wish him the best of luck in, in retirement. And uh, yeah, it, number seven will definitely probably be hung uh, in the rafters in, in that stadium. And uh, he'll he'll be in the Hall of Fame. His name will be on the side of that stadium, on the inside. And uh, yeah, it 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 was just sad to say, sad to see, um, kind of bittersweet. And uh, whoever their quarterback is going to be next year in that Steelers uniform, man, do they have big shoes to fill? Yeah. Big shoes for from Big Ben. <laughs> no, uh, I was gonna say a couple things. It just makes me feel kind of old when these guys are starting to walk away. Um, he, they have a picture floating around Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, from 04 when he started, 2004, 18 years ago. Boy, is he! He hasn't changed that much. <laughs> Only difference was his hairstyles. He's got longer hair and a thicker beard. But, you know, no, the, the number two thing I want to say is, I think it is time, DJ. I, I saw the hugs he was giving his family, his beautiful wife, and his children. They just want him to be a dad and a husband now. and He's, he's done enough in the league. And well. like you said, his number and name will be in the stadium forever. And, He'll have plenty to, plenty of work to do. Maybe he'll be in a, a broadcaster or something the one day. I hope but, so. Uh, I, I mean, I, I hope this isn't the end of seeing him. I mean, obviously, as a player it is, but hopefully he, he joins, you know, Drew Brees did and uh, Dre Olson, them uh, former players. So uh, hopefully he does something like that. So um, another, another uh, stat. No, not a stat. Uh, a thing I just found out uh, a little bit ago while we were recording. Um, on the Browns side of the ball, uh, Baker Mayfield's season is over. He will not play this coming week uh, as he will have uh, or shoulder surgery, I'm sorry. Um, Coach Stefanski uh, told reporters today that uh, the quarterback won't play versus the Bengals. He'll undergo surgery on his left shoulder as soon as possible. So, uh, yeah, that's that's it for Baker this year. Probably a good thing. Uh, he'll get booed out of the state of Ohio if he played one more crappy game with a bad shoulder. But yeah, uh, that, I was I, just going to let you know, DJ, that uh, in order for Big Ben to make the playoffs, he has an 8% chance. And it don't really matter between the Raiders and Chargers how that game turns out because the winner's in. They need the Colts to lose at Jacksonville to have a chance to win. And it's an oh. 8% chance. So good luck, Ben. <laughs> uh, yeah, good, good luck having uh, I mean, the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts. Um, but what's our motto? You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> if the if the Jaguars win this week, oh my god, I think I'm gonna jump for joy for Ben. 
<laughs> well, the steel the Steelers gotta beat the Ravens. How prophetic would it be if the Colts lose and do not get in? Oof, that would just be terrible. I think. Yeah, uh, Sunday night game was our Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. I kind of seen this uh, turning out this way from the jet show. Uh, Packers win 37 to 10. And I believe uh, JJ texted me uh, about half hour before the game and said, what's your prediction? And I said, Packers 35 to 10. Yes, you was, did. It's pretty dang close. 37 to 10. Uh, um, you were... You were right on the money, DJ. I don't know. I said 17 to 6, and you're like, oh, it's going to be worse than that. And you were right. <laughs> I should have bet money on that prediction. Take out all the money you own and put it on the Packers. <laughs> uh, the Packers clinched the number one seed for, and home field advantage in NFC uh, with this win, and they eliminated the Vikings. Um. Sean Mannion was not good at all. Uh, I think they should have started Mond. Um, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know if Zimmer doesn't like Mond or what. He started. He put him in for, I believe, four plays and then pulled him. Um, and then reporters asked Zimmer if he wanted to get a look at Mond this week. Uh, and Zimmer's response was, not particularly. <laughs> And then when they asked Zimmer why, he said, I see him every day. What? What the hell does that mean? You see your whole team every day. I don't know if it's because Mon doesn't do good in practice or what, uh, but that response is just bogus if you ask me. Um, it, I, like I said, I don't know if there's something going on personally or if it's just what the coaches see in practice. Uh, but I I don't I didn't see why Mannion was the answer to put him up against the Packers. Uh, why not get, get Mond out there and see what he can do? You, you can't tell me that you were going to go in to Lambeau without your starting quarterback and come out with a win there. No. Yeah. Time, yeah. You, you, football. you better, you, you, I'm sure you have high hopes, but hey, there you go. I heard <laughs> that. <laughs> I'm sure you have high hopes, but you know, in the back of your mind, even Zimmer knew in the back of his mind, he was not coming out of that stadium with a win. Absolutely not. And here is a question a lot of Vikings fans would love to know the answer to. How in the hell did the Vikings stick with Kubiak all year long as their offensive coordinator? Throughout the season, there has been countless very stupid play calls, especially on third and long, where the play call was either a run or a short pass. I, they should have caught on to this and made a change. I mean, you never know. We could be sitting in a playoff spot right now if they if they would have made a change at offensive coordinator earlier, but they stuck it out with Kubiak. I don't understand why. And I don't... Either that or... The, I, I'm, I don't understand why they didn't 
talk to him and be like, dude, these third and down play calls are getting a little ridiculous. Can you work on that? But no, it just continued all year long. It's just, it it got really sickening and it continued in the Dream Bay game. Well, when uh, Clint had his dad, Gary, Clint was just a junior associate. And I know we got Zimmer's kid on the defense, Adam Zimmer. You know, it's just, it's a typical thing of uh, handing out positions to family members of guys and, you know, doing favors for guys in the league. And they didn't want to step on Gary's toes. They should have. What I wanted him to do was bring back somebody to help the kid. He's never called plays in his life. And you're going to have him do uh, offensive coordinating the whole season, the way it was going. Yeah, I agree, DJ. The general manager and the head coach need to have discipline for that. And Zimmer's always negative to his offensive coordinators. Why not this one? Right. Yeah. Two other stats I wanted to mention quick. Sean Mannion had more rushing yards than Delvin Cook. Embarrassing. That's ridiculous. Embarrassing. Yeah. Delvin Cook averaged 1.4 yards a carry. Garrett Bradbury had more catches and more yards than C.J. Ham, D.D. Westbrook, Alex Madison, and Delvin <laughs> Cook. Garrett Bradbury had one catch for 21 yards. <laughs> this to go to show you how bad of a game it really was. Oh, God, that's hilarious whenever I hear about that Bradbury catching that pass. Uh, he looked uh, like he could have been a really good fullback in high school or college. but uh, Maybe we should line him up there back there with Delvin Cook. <laughs> But the Vikings, they're they're known for having a sacking defense. They had zero sacks on Rodgers. That was the difference of the game. Rodgers could stand back there and hit, I think he hit uh, Devontae Adams 11 times for 136. And then they, they give the ball to their three running backs. It's like they had a game plan. Jeez. Yeah, the Vikings obviously didn't have game plan basically this whole season. It's just, uh, let's throw, think, throw dump off passes all game. Yeah. I think it was just, they checked out and when Kirk, it just, Oh God, this season pisses me off. All the games we were in all year, every game was less than one score in our losses and wins. That's mm-hmm. pathetic coaching. It, the, we have better, we, in my opinion, our Vikings are better than their record. And it's gonna, it should be a lot more wins, not losses. But it very well could be more losses. I don't know. That's all I got to say about that, DJ. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, and then the, this last segment here, we'll, we'll just go over the playoff picture here real quick as of right now. Um, so starting the NFC first round by we know it's the Green Bay Packers um they clinch that they have it locked in um so they will get the first round by and home field advantage throughout the playoffs uh and then as a seventh seed we have the Philadelphia Eagles uh they would be playing at the Rams uh, the Rams have the two spot and then the sixth seed is the 49ers as of right now 
they would be playing at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the third spot. And then we go down to the fifth seed, which is right now the Arizona Cardinals. They would be playing at the Cowboys in the fourth seed. Um, that's Just to add to that, DJ, the only team on the outside looking in that has a shot is the New Orleans Saints at 8-8. Eight and eight. And it's either going to be the Saints with a win and the 49ers with a loss. Or if the 49ers win, then they're in. But other than that, those are, that's, there's only eight teams left for one spot. Or one, two teams left for one spot in the yep. NFC. And then uh, the AFC, uh, as of right now, it's not locked in. But the Titans currently have the number one seed. Um, they, they could lose that uh, this coming week. And then uh, going down to the seventh spot, we have the Chargers. They would be playing at the uh, Kansas City Chiefs in the two spot. And then down to the sixth spot, we have the Indianapolis Colts. They would be going to Cincinnati and playing the Bengals in the third spot. And then the fifth seed would be the Patriots. They would travel to Buffalo and uh, take on the Bills in the fourth spot. Okay, and then the three teams that are also in the hunt is the Las Vegas Raiders at 99 and 7 with a 50% chance to make playoffs. And Pittsburgh and Baltimore play each other. And if Pittsburgh wins, they have an 8% chance. If Baltimore wins, they have a 4% chance. There's a lot of scenarios to go through, and you'll just have to go to ESPN or NFL.com and check those scenarios out. But there's basically three teams vying for the number one seed right now. It's Tennessee Titans, 79%. Kansas City Chiefs have a 17% chance. The Cincinnati Bengals have a 4% chance. Yeah, so it'll be definitely interesting to see uh, where the, the teams will fall for the playoff picture and uh, see who gets the last remaining spots. And uh, Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So this is where we will wrap our episode up. Um, so please go check out our previous episodes. Uh, they're available on Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, and Radio Public. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at High Hope Sportscast and Twitter at H Sportscast. So go follow us on there. Uh, we post updates um, and news and uh, stuff like that on those accounts. Uh, if you would like to donate to the show, hit that support button for us. Uh, and our next episode will be out on Saturday morning. We will go over the week 18 games and make our picks with uh, news around the league as usual. So thank you for listening to High Hope Sportscast. We will see you in the next episode. Peace. Peace.